0: Hello and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 96. Now, usually when me and Martino are both on the show, he hosts, but he's feeling a bit tired today. So he is on the show, but just not hosting. Episode 96, as I mentioned, joined as always by both my co-hosts, the esteemed Matt Santangelo. How are you doing?
1: Doing pretty well over here. Can't complain. Euro content and coverage has been exceptional. Probably the one more interesting Euro we've seen in years. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, man
0: awesome um and also as mentioned martino
2: yeah um a little tired from a fishing excursion last night so um i'm waking up now a little bit coffee doesn't do much in it anymore for me um (laughs) my friend has a coffee business now their beans are from like costa rica so i'm gonna have to try those out soon um so we'll see how that goes because uh these uh these homemade k-cups don't work like you put in a keurig they're useless but um did catch a lot of fish last night and basically four to five pounds for dinner so i have to make that nice
0: damn Damn. i mean i saw martino's house for the first time on instagram and i couldn't believe it (laughs) could not believe it guys living like a king man fishing catching his own fish go home (laughs) cook that shit fair play man fuck okay well what we're gonna do in this episode we're gonna review the last 16 that just went we usually obviously record on a monday published on a tuesday but we thought why not wait till it comes home and then record on the wednesday (laughs) (laughs) so let's go through it um wales denmark i really thought wales would put up a better fight than this guys like i actually although they were five to one outsiders for your european listeners i really thought they'd put up a better fight especially from what we saw in the um in the group stage even against italy uh, you know, until the red card, like these guys can match up against better teams, and sometimes that does bring the best out of them. But Denmark were just far, far too good in this fixture, and uh, um, not surprising that they won, but perhaps by the margin of four goals to nil, it was a slight surprise, Martino.
2: Um, I think, I think the margin was a surprise, but not the way Denmark played. I think Denmark kind of had, um, Flashes throughout the group stage. I mean, we can't take any way, anything away from Finland for obvious reasons. Um, that first half they played against Belgium was actually terrific. The only difference was, you know, the best midfielder in the world comes on and the whole game's turned on its head. And I still think they were still a bit mentally fatigued from that. You know, it's a lot to kind of handle. Russia, I think that's kind of the turning point of it, right? The battle tested, um, it went down to the last you know, 10 minutes or so where they had a rally and they started creating and, and all types of players were scoring for them. I think with this, Wales just kind of ran out of gas. They were really undisciplined. I thought for the most part, I mean, they had, what was it? Two consecutive games with a red card. Um, whether or not one was harsh or not is a different story, but I think they just lacked creativity in general. Um Gareth Bale, I think he kind of saw it in a a way that it took a toll on him playing so many games and Mm. in a certain amount of days. He's just not capable of doing that anymore, regardless of his age. I think his injury history is uh, well proven of that. Aaron Ramsey had flashes through the tournament, but I I thought he was mostly a no-show in this game. Um, Yeah, I mean, credit to Denmark. I think all their young guys are finally stepping up, and they kind of understand it. Like, Damskard is such a young and talented player. Doelsberg – I mean that that first goal was amazing. I um, think that was maybe the goal of the round. You could argue um, that just the finish was just perfect, and they're really in control of the whole match. Denmark, they you know it's not just like they can go forward and they can score a lot. It's they they actually have a midfield that's good enough to to control a match, and the defense is is, is great because uh, we know it from Simon Pierre. For me, he actually got player of the round. Um, yeah, apparently. For Euro 2020, gave it out for the round of 16. So,
0: and of course, I mean, Andreas Christensen, Joachim Mel. I mean, they've, they've got some very good players there.
2: It really is, and they were, and they were um, a team that I thought was going to finish easily second in their group. But obviously, everything happened like that. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, listen now, they have a great path to face you guys in a potential semi-final matchup. Mm-hmm. I think they have real favorable. Uh, schedule coming down the stretch here and they can beat anybody uh, throughout 90 minutes. Anything can happen. I think Denmark can beat
1: anybody in this tournament. I'll be honest.
0: Wow. That's quite some statement, Matt.
1: I think with Denmark, it's they're, um They're kind of like that feel good story that I think a lot of people are keeping an eye on and gravitating towards, right? Obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're thankful and it's, you know, we, 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 we're, we're great. To, it's great to see Ericsson being, in a better state and you know that sort of looking more promising by the day but the resolve the character the the unity shown from this denmark team has been nothing but inspiring i mean the the, the performance that they put on to get into the knockout stage was electric right you saw the fans like and it's, it just kind of shows you like they that sort of uh, uh, that impact fans can have on some of these matches, right? And I think that the theme with this tournament, I'm starting to see not just with Denmark, but but some other teams that that have progressed into the quarterfinals, is it feels like it's a it's a tournament for the underdog, right? Remember, like the Iceland of the Iceland's of the world that made those sort of dream runs, and their day, you they they can be structured, they can defend well. There's a sense of extra pride when you put on that shirt that's representing your and you new know, Czech Republic you know Patrick Schick having a great tournament I think he's second in goals behind Ronaldo he could potentially be the golden boot winner if if he gets a goal in the next ma- the next game right or next two games as something just fell off my table here um uh, you know so I think with Denmark it's 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 been a, it's been a magical run um it's been it's been great to see from a Milan fan's perspective Simon kayer lead with such um uh, character lead with such um, intensity, but also really t- undertake the sort of responsibility um, after everything that occurred with Ericsson and really take it in stride. And I think it just goes to show you, like I said, with this tournament that, you know, in a, in a short tournament format like this, you get a little hot, you find yourself into a sem- I mean, re- guys, if you look at it, winner of Czech Republic, Denmark, one of them are going to be a semi-finalist who had yeah. that. So that's like I said, it goes to show you, then you look at Ukraine, what they did over Sweden. So you look at a lot of these clubs and if you're not careful, we could potentially see, you know, a, a, a Greece scenario where you look at and you're like, wait a second. Like, it's not a big power in the final. It's it's a team that's many people overlooked and they're potentially in a position to win. So it's been great to see. I think this has probably been the best Euro I've seen in my lifetime. I'll be I'll be honest with you from goals, from excitement, from upsets. Um, I know Martino off the top was telling me um, before we went live. I think Group F, everyone's all the powers have been out. Whoever saw that coming, right? So it's it's been great to see. But we did that has been from a great the Twitter
2: account, Yeah, <laughs> all all three teams from the group of death got eliminated in the round of sixteen, and no one crazy had that happening.
0: Well, I a think chance. there's there's a, there's a couple things, right? Like no one had it happening, but the very fact that they played each other in those group stages and those games were intense, right? For me, I, you know. I think Matt, to your point about being the greatest Euros, I think it's been a really good from the knockout from knockouts and on. The group stages were kind of average if we consider the kind of third place going through. And you know how that that winds up. We had, you know, you know, the group of death kind of both playing out draws in the last five minutes to to kind of all see themselves through kind of thing. But those teams all played against each other. Um and I think that's probably drained them. And when you consider also the disparity in, in some of the traveling as well between uh, some countries and others, I think it's been a, a really strange tournament. But I mean, this whole underdog thing, I mean, I mentioned uh, Turkey in the kind of uh, preview. Obviously, they did fucking horrifically. But the the kind of theory behind that was a lot of teams are going to be tired, a lot of teams are going to be drained from the season. We've seen players like Bruno and and so on and so forth who have played like 80 games in 12 months and can hardly run in a 90-minute in a game. Um, there is going to be defensive teams and underdog teams that do well throughout this tournament. And uh, a lot of the teams that have gotten to this point have been pretty good defensively. And I think, um, you know, if you look at uh, even someone like Czech Republic, right, Um, If you look at their record, it's not too bad. Like look at Belgium, Italy, England, like defensively, these teams are are quite sound. Um, So I'm not surprised to see the teams that have got kind of that, that robust nature about them doing quite well. But um, but let's move on. Italy, Austria, obviously everyone wants to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I thought it was quite tepid from Italy for the first 60 minutes. What do you guys think?
2: Um, yeah, so I thought they didn't play as bad as everyone kind of made it seem. Um, I thought the midfield, if anything, was struggling a little bit. Um, But they were getting their chances. Again, this is like the fourth match in a row that a team is playing compact against Italy and not allowing them to do what they want with creativity. I I mean, they were getting shots off too. Um, They had their opportunities. It wasn't like they were looking awful. I think, the subs came in at the right time. Obviously, I had to go to extra time for it. But it was so clear when the difference between Italy opposed to a lot of these other countries in this tournament is the second that they make their subs, I mean, you even saw with England yesterday, they turn into another gear. They have the perfect subs for a lot of situations. And bringing on Federico Chiesa in extra time is was like the perfect guy to bring on. That guy has so much mm. energy to begin with. You're not going to find a better player to bring on at that point in the game probably in the tournament that I could think of now from now on um I I mean again you kind of get weary of it it was a little shaky on that goal they almost lost because of that offside but it was a clear offside in my opinion um I think I I don't think I'm that worried about it but I do think I'll say this I don't know if Marco Verratti is going to be starting the next game I think Locatelli is going to be starting from from the get-go um I think I understood the move. I didn't hate it at all when they wanted to put Verratti in there because of how good of a player he is. But it's just so obvious on how much better of a team they are when Locatelli starts. Um, And that's just that continuity that you can't really mess with. And I think Mancini is going to realize that. But I don't even think it's a guarantee that it's going to be Verratti either. I mean, Nicolo Barella has been pretty inconsistent out of all the midfielders, I would say, Matt, Um, out of all the starting ones um, Mm -hmm. that's gotten the most time. Um, and then again, Andrea Belotti coming on too, man, this is why a lot of people don't respect what the guy does. Um, you know, they only see a lot of goals popping up for Torino. They don't really notice the actual work ethic that this guy has to begin with. Um, cause that slide tackle he had, you're not going to see a better slide tackle by, uh, uh, by a striker in this tournament. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, they were battle tested with this and, and they kind of realize like how dangerous it could get with these knockout stages, because this is like really this course first true test. And Austria is no slouches either, because I think people just thought like Austria would be a walkover. I have plenty of uh, talented players within that team and, and they play well. So um, all in all, it's a good win because of the amount of goals that they scored in extra time. And on top of that, you know, just rebounding when, when the match wasn't going in their direction mm. and they figured out a way to score multiple goals. And once you're able to do that, then they're going to feel more confident because they know even though they weren't playing their best, they still found a way to win and score multiple goals. So I I think it was a a great result in the end, even though it was kind of
1: shaky for a while. Yeah. I think with Italy too, in this match, you know, everyone's been conversations has been with Italy that they haven't been tested. You, but we've heard the statements from Patrick Fiera, Gary Neville, and even just outsiders looking at Italy and who they've played and thinking, yeah, but when they come up against someone else and someone kind of kicks them in the mouth, how will they respond, right? <laughs> um, and I think with Austria, the way they played was was well executed. I think their game plan was, I mean, those they were they were winning most of the 50-50 balls from the second point, uh, second half onward, right? And I think that was the real telling difference uh, in the second half is that I think a lot of times that Jorginho and uh, Locatelli, they were able to play it very carefree, very nonchalant, and really not be under much pressure. I think on the international stage, you often tend to get a little bit more space than you do, say, playing club. That's just how I observe the game. I, you guys can have your own thoughts on that. But I think Austria really were aggressive enough to the point where they weren't giving Jorginho the same amount of time to pick out his spots or Locatelli to do what he does. You know, So I think they put Italy in a position where they were forced to come out and you know, all right, like we're gonna, we, we're not playing down to Austria, Austria's playing up to us, and yeah. it was a very tight game. And obviously, the Arnautovic goal that was rolled off correctly, ruled mm. off. I think that's where Var came into play and gave uh, Italy uh, a little bit of a, a lifeline there. But it was the correct call. And look, they brought in Piscina, Chiesa, their sec, their substitutions from Mancini were, were, were late. That was the main criticism I had. I think they should have came a lot earlier in that. Having yeah. said that, he puts the right guys on. Chiesa gets a goal, Pessina gets a goal. And, you know, that's what I think the theme of, of Italy's Euro can be, right? I think that right place at the right time, the stroke of luck. I think, honestly, when you look at te- teams that win these types of tournaments, it typically takes, it, takes, it typically takes a little bit of luck, right? Of course. When, when Ronaldo went down, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Ronaldo!" there's no way Portugal can get this. And Adair yeah. of all players is the guy who gets the winning goal. So <laughs> there is that opportunity in these tournaments for, for unsung heroes. Giacchini Pesina. was in the Euro 2016, Piscina. So wait, let's let's wait and see. But I think, you know, like, Spinazzolo has been great. I think we're going to see Chiellini return to the starting uh, 11 versus Belgium, which we'll get yeah. into. And I agree with you, Martino. I do think that you know, it wouldn't surprise me that along with uh, Chiesa being the projected starter ahead of Berardi, yeah. that I think Locatelli gets a starting spot back because I think Mancini's the type of guy that, while most would probably agree that the best midfield three is one that includes Jorginho, Verratti, and Barella, he, he's going to go with the hard hand, and I think he really will go with Locatelli in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned luck. Before we go into previewing the next round fixture, we can talk about it a bit more. Um, Czech Republic didn't really ride their luck that massively against uh, the Netherlands, but a red card comes along, and mm-hmm. it's to, you know, their best defender. And suddenly... You're in a situation where you're like, crap, we can actually go and win this game as one of the big underdogs in in this round. And I mean, Martino, they played their cards perfectly as soon as that red card happened in the Netherlands Czech Republic game.
2: Yeah. I think it was like in the 55th minute. Yeah. Um, first of all, again, I mean, as great of a defender as Delict is, it's just, it's, like he's in so Crazy. many situations where he costs himself and his team a, a lot. And he not really
0: epitomized he himself as a defender where he, you know, the amazing like almost block that he did where he closes down the like meter in like half a second for mm-hmm. that shot. And then literally, what is it? 20 minutes later, he does that. It's just crazy. Yeah, Shows the standard
2: of uh, the old time great stuff, with like limiting mistakes like that. And, and like on, on what a long road he still has to take. Mm. Um,
0: so young still.
2: Still. Yeah. That's the crazy part for me. Yeah, again, I mean, this is just – it's like you can't – do you even get on, like, Frank DeBoer for this uh, too? I mean, you can, but, I mean, he's gone already. I mean, dude, like, how many how many opportunities does this guy have left? Um, that's, just from the, that's just from the start, though. I think that's just from the top down. I think it was a team that lacked this. But I don't even think they played that great in the group stage. I'll be honest with you. They really did not impress me at all. I think they were just able to get some favorable matchups. Nearly um,
1: blew it to Ukraine too.
2: I do like Ukraine outplayed them relative to talent on the field. I'll be honest yeah. with you. It shouldn't have been that close. And we were just scraping by and everyone said prior to the tournament, we don't expect the Netherlands to go that far just simply because of who they're led by um, and their goal scoring um, lack of clinical goal scores. Really Memphis Depay is not a nine. We all know this. It's not, it wasn't going to work out like that. He struggled all tournament um, in my opinion especially when you're making a headline move over to Barcelona where, where you're getting paid a few million euros a year and you're supposed to help that team bring back a champions league. I just, you know, for me again, I didn't see them doing much in this and the Czech Republic, like hats off to them. They looked dreadful prior to the tournament too. They were not playing well. Um, They got beat down versus Italy and whether or not, who knows to take away too much from that, but a four, nothing again, I think it was just, we talked about luck. I mean, they're just taking advantage of everything like Schick with his crazy goal, of the tournament, um, catching the keeper out on his line, getting the red card versus the Dutch here. And it's not an impossible matchup against Denmark. Like it's very doable that they could win that they play these games close. They're low scoring. Honestly, I'm going to be shocked if they could make it to a semifinal either. I don't expect them to, but just to pull that out is awesome. And then again, how many times do we see the Dutch being inconsistent in tournaments? Like they do what they did in 2014. Um, they miss um, the world cup. They don't do that great in the last euros Then they flop again in this year. Like they're so like, they either do amazing or they're just absolutely flat out of the gate and they don't do anything for a tournament. I just think there's, there's a lot that needs to be figured out for them for a short turnaround to next year, because, Uh, this next hire is everything for them. Um, And I know that's further down the road and we're talking about the Euros, but that's just, it's still a bigger picture
1: thing. I also think we look at with this Dutch team too, right? I think, you know, caught up in all the, uh, the, the nightmare scenarios for, for USA and Italy, not qualifying for the previous World Cup. Netherlands didn't either. Right. So I think you look at that and you consider where they're headed with this, this crop of players that yeah, is supposed to be turning a page new leaf and getting, you know, a new era, if you will, of, of of nice fresh talent here. But there, to your point, Martino, like I think you start getting around the bend, and you you question how much the field has improved as far as competition for some of these World Cup spots will be. Netherlands, I, I I I just wasn't completely sold on them. I know they have the defensive players, especially without yeah. Van Dyke. Of course, yeah. absolutely, and I think they're a team that in spots. Has some good players, you know, in the midfield, um, obviously with Frankie De Jong and darun and up front they have some players that ha- can do some things. You know, Matlin. We all know the players they have, but as a unit, it just seems like too much individual performances, too much, um, too many passengers with this team. And then when you throw in the fact that they have De Boer, who obviously we saw what he did with Inter, which was abysmal. Even Atlanta United was abysmal. <laughs> uh, tender in, in in the US. Or else it Was at Palace, so, um, right? And and yeah. I mean when so 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 I think it's it's fair play to them for making the decision to get rid of them already but now it's going to be interesting to see what their choice is because there's some talent in here and I think you get the right coach with the crop of players that are maybe coming through for the next year year and a half you know they could do something but I think that yeah it's it's didn't surprise me at all I think the licked obviously that doesn't help the cause with the handball having mm. said that I think Czech Republic have had that little bit of a uh, element of surprise element of shock being able to administer to some of these teams like we've seen with Ukraine like we've seen with Denmark where you're not careful they can humble you they can beat a power and sure enough that's that's what we had here
0: and uh, next up Portugal Belgium this was oh. for me one of the most boring games <laughs> of the bracket like i think it was just you know one of those games that not much happened until the final 20 minutes. Of course, we had the the Thorgan Hazard goal. But again, even that, watching it back, for me, a keeper mistake, Martino. Um, I think when you look at, I mean, I'm really harsh on keepers, I think. But when you look back on that as a goalkeeper, I think you, you've got to save it no matter what the dip is. And that goal goes in and you don't really need to make any more chances. And to be fair, credit to Belgium, because if you look at the back line of and Vertonghen and, you've got a guy what you know guys there that have got a combined age of 100 so um i mean and
2: they were it's not like they were bulletproof either there were some like legitimate chances for portugal in the second half that like honestly Diogo jota had a terrible tournament i'll be honest with you i i thought i thought he was real subpar um for them i agree I just, I was thoroughly disappointed. Out of all the Portuguese players, um, you know, I don't have expectations like that for Nelson Semedo. So that's, it's different, right? And obviously, Rumen Diaz, I mean, that's, a, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But talk about when you need someone else besides Ronaldo to step up and do something. I mean, the closest thing he had Guerrero, missing. right? Yeah. It, it started it started in the match against Hungary. You just saw that he just wasn't there. It was decision making. It was finishing. And maybe the moment was too big for him to start in a tournament like this and be prepared. because um, he was just he was just not good enough to help Portugal win this. Um did you guys, I mean, did you guys Fernando Santos was awful too.
0: Oh terrible. Ma- I mean, Ma- who Ma- the hell stops Danilo and Fucking William Cavalio in a four four two two moment field were, were like, you guys what? were you guys a
1: little bit concerned or upset or however you felt about the fact the lack of usage for Ja Felix earlier in in some of these matches like you mean he didn 't make an appearance <sighs> well, he's, until...
0: apparently he 's been playing with it uh, through ankle injury right, and that 's apparently why he featured less in the second half of Athlete's campaign mm-hmm. and why he 's not really played much this, then that, this then so, that's something and he 's also needs to twenty right he 's also twenty right like is he? Uh, I thought he's a little bit older. Now I thought he's
1: 21. I think. Like, I think. But I think when you look at it, look, you look at it though. I mean, you, a, a player that commanded that such, a, that such a large fee. Twenty-one. Sorry. If you, a player that commands such a large fee, I'm not looking at H. I'm looking at a player that's okay. Sure. You're playing for Atlético Madrid. You're a starter. You're you're on the Horrible team that just fit. won a league title. What did Roy and King you're call him? Up to Portugal.
0: An imposter.
2: An imposter. Yeah. <laughs> same. Same thing.
1: You know. So hey. I, I mean. Yeah.
0: Listen,
2: Renato Sanchez, think- their best player.
0: Yeah. In I mean, Portland, yeah. Yep. I, 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 you know, in that game, he was by far their best player, and how he didn't start those first few uh, games is, is kind of beyond me. I mean, like That's the one player that, yeah, I mean, he didn't start that many games for Leo. I think he had some injury trip uh, trouble. I think he had about 15, 16. And when starts, he played but it, he was, he was unbelievable. He was, he was that um, player
2: that was there for the last tournament that they
0: played. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, not starting him more often was was a mistake. I mean, as bad as Bruno Fernandes was in those first two or three games, you have to find a way to make it so a Bruno Fernandes starts for Portugal because they don't have any better creators in that team, right? But Bernardo Silva is fantastic. I love him as a player. Diego Jota, I think he's great, but had a tor- horrible tournament. Chow Felix, injured, blah, blah, blah. And as you, as you said... um you got to give it to your hot hand, Matt. And to not find a way to kind of—I mean—to start him on the right in a—he got a lot of slack, right? He got a lot of hate, but starting right midfield in a four-four-two, or, or on the left in a four-four-two, it's just ridiculous, right? Fernando Santos, I think he'll stay for the World Cup, but he's—he's got to go, right? He's—he he's, is an imposter. He is an imposter. He,
2: that was the like, biggest bullshit run to a to a to a tournament win ever. He did yeah. not. They did nothing. They were not playing great. You know what I mean? Like, you grind out results and you win. That's, you know, mental resolve. And and he's
0: been carried. He's been lucky to be carried by some of the game's all-time greats, right? Pepe, Ronaldo, et cetera, et cetera. It's
2: a joke. And you can't tell me, like, the defense just collapsed just because João Cancelo wasn't there. Like, come on now. I, like... They were It was real inexcusable defense. Like, that match against Germany was just pathetic. And but then do, do you this.
0: know do you know what the bar is? Like, because everyone's been saying, oh, Yota was bad and Bruno Fernandes was bad mm. and Ruben Diaz was bad. Like, uh, Bernardo Silva was bad. Like, look at these guys for their clubs. What's happened? Is it the manager? Like, the only player that turned up... Well, the only players that turned up were Ronaldo and Pepe and Renato Sanchez when he was allowed to play. Apart mm. from that, it was... I mean, starting, like paulina ahead of renato sanchez i know they don't play the exact same position crazy Starting doesn't danilo matter it doesn't matter you have, and to, you have Valle, to adjust Gavaglio. who you have for me it was quite simple you play like a danilo next to a renato sanchez you play bruno in front you play a bernardo silva on the right and you play a Yota on the left or someone like that and then you play mm-hmm. ronaldo up front and i think you for- move from there but it's just for me crazy i think belgium they put every they had to put everything on the line to to beat to people i don't Portugal think they played that great
2: i'll be honest they, no. i thought, I thought they
0: were i thought they were average not. i thought they were really average and it's... to lose hazard and de bruyne they're probably not going to play in the next round that looks like that so what's done.
2: what's the confirmation on that i just saw that they're not going to be 100 percent for friday
0: there's so many I mean, conflicting reports the one I... that roberto
2: martinez said was that it seemed like hazard is definitely out but De Bruyne. i mean right? he did his
0: hamstring right like how's he going to play which how is why how I you didn't play, even off to play him a your Factor hockey. for
2: this tournament, man. Just, but he's when, been. When the you camp, bring up Bizarre, it's his brother for this one. Not him.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Let's move on quickly next, and then go on the full preview. <laughs> Spain, Croatia. Uh, crazy game. Crazy, crazy game. Uh, Spain you know, still suck. They do. I mean, Eric Garcia is slow, small, and bad at defending. Like, so, someone <laughs> tell me why Barcelona are getting him. Like, what? Because he's free. That's how it. About... He's, like, I think I'm taller than him in shoes. <laughs> like, legit, what the hell? He um, well, cannot we, we be. Oh, I mean, it's it's you ridiculous. know the answer really. to But how, like...
2: I have a question for you guys though. How about... How does this guy not play? How like yeah. how is this guy not getting a starting position or like getting any single burn time? I mean, this is it's kind of laughable. I think I'm not taking anything away from this. Croatia is not a good team anymore either. They're not what they used to be, especially compared to three years ago. I mean, they they collapse. Honestly, like if if Ante Rebic doesn't start in this game and what they went with that switch um, in the second half, Croatia wins this. Spain isn't coming home with this. Um, yeah, they wanted an extra time, but my goodness, Croatia just like tired at that point, in my opinion. I, I don't see anything special with Spain. Ten goals in two yeah, games, no. but the context is lacking severely. I think yeah. what it was is terrible defense from Croatia. They had a guy slip down in the box and fall down, like he got tripped by a ghost. Was okay? it the
1: Ferrantor? The Falantor's goal, I think, right?
2: Yes. And yeah. against Slovakia, there was two howlers from their keeper. He punched it up underneath the crossbar and went over the line. Yeah, like they're not—they're missing penalties. Marata had a great finish in extra time. I'll give him that. I'm happy for him. There's a lot of fucking idiots that you know abuse people and players online. Yeah, really and threaten stupid. his family with this death, death It's inexcusable shit. So I'm happy that he actually scored that. So those people shut the fuck up. But still, I mean, I think there's a lot lacking with them. Um, I'm the age, like that miscommunication on that goal. Like, how do you how do you not stop the ball with your foot? How does it just go past you like that? I for me. I would do. I think they're bounced in the next round. I
0: think Switzerland. I, dude, I, mean, I mean, they're
2: not good enough. In my I mean,
0: I think about I, I think Sferovic is going to have a nice time against those Spanish center backs. I'm not going to lie. Um, what I will say about on the Murata point, again, I'm not going to talk about the, the kind of stacking him off the of stuff. The reason why he is quite limited as a striker is because he's a very average finisher. So if you look at like his XG mm-hmm. compared to his goals, like he pretty much matches it. And to, to be a really really good striker you either then have to be one of two things you either have to get loads and loads of chances and score lots of goals mm-hmm. or you have to be a very very good finisher like let's say uh Kane or Son or um uh or Cardi when he gets uh, yeah, his chances it, it, exactly like uh, lethal right. finishes that are going to score a lot a lot of goals and outperform the kind of expected goals that is is expected on for them Murata, you know he's Strong, quick. His build-up play isn't awful. It's not good. Uh, he is a willing runner always. Um, he's annoying to play against. But I, I made this comparison. I was like, if you think of like him and Alex Lacazette, he's probably better at most things than Lacazette. But Lacazette is a better finisher. So mm-hmm. they're probably about the same level of a striker, right? Because they're going to get you the same kind of goals in a season because of the finishing ability and that makes strikers limited but anyway speaking of lacazette who obviously isn't the france squad france against switzerland now if the previous game we just touched on was crazy this was even crazier right Martina?
2: yeah um i don't think at any point if you really look back at france i think everyone was waiting for them to arrive as that team in reality, it was just for ten minutes after Ricardo Rodriguez's penalty was saved, and that's the only time you saw a semblance of a really good France. Other than that, you beat Germany off of an own goal. Hungary match was pitiful. Um, the match against Portugal, I mean, that was just that. That whole match match was a shit show to begin with. With those penalties and um, that, that just that seemed like a joke. And you mentioned earlier about how they were just trying to see it through to the next round. Um, ridiculous. Kylian Mbappe, man. I don't think I ever have been let down by a player of his caliber for for an international tournament like I was with him. His timing on runs was off. I know he had like an offside goal, but his finishing against Hungary was, was really poor. Um, in this one, again, I didn't see him do anything too impressive. Benzema was clear of him. Griezmann was clear of him. Pogba was amazing. He was France's best player this tournament. Um, I just... I Hold on. Let, let me let me play. Let me let me
0: play the flip card. Right. Okay. Sure. So, one nil down against Hungary, he basically creates the goal where Griezmann gets the rebound. Right. It's his cross. He gets past the player. His cross, basically an assist. Right. Against Switzerland, who gets the assist for the fir- uh, for the second Benzema goal, or the first one rather, Mbappe. The second goal is created by him as well. He makes the best pass of the game with the the weak foot flick into Griezmann.
2: That was a tight f- angle for Griezmann to get that up like that, though. To yeah, have a chance on goal.
0: Yeah, but the, the Mbappe the Mbappe touch was like like there were because France could not find the pass until those minutes, right? And then they obviously went on that that nice run. I think the thing about Mbappe is because he's played in so many high profile games from 17 to 22 five years worth of football where he's played at the absolute top of football every single year and not really been injured you're always going to have to think about that in the context of him not performing in a tournament or a few games like i don't think he was sublime i don't think he was awful like i mean like there were a lot of france players that were far worse than him um, I mean, look, Kante's well, like, so a great guy. Relaxed to your
2: expectations, though. Uh, of I mean, course,
0: but Kante's a lovely guy, right? But he was shocking he was, yeah, at these Euros. I agree. Right? He was
2: mediocre at best. It, I agree with that. You know,
0: Varane, wonderful centre back, awful at these Euros. Fraud, awful. fraud.
2: <laughs> without is he a fraud without Sergio Ramos? Do you agree? Potentially. It, who knows? I think, I mean, I but, think but, he's depressed a little is, bit right, the like, past eighteen months.
0: But like Mbappe, right? They, like, we were only what four months ago talking about him scoring a hat trick at the New Camp. Like I think. You know, youngest player, to, you know, 19 years old, won France the World Cup. Like, I think, I think that discourse kind of went a bit too far for me personally, but I understand why people are frustrated. But let's talk about the game slightly. I mean, Granite Xhaka versus Paul Pogba, it was kind of like, you know, a heavyweight battle in central midfield at some point for some reason. It just turned into just those two playing. But mm-hmm. um, it, an amazing game. And then the, the penalties as well. Great penalties right up until the end. Um, drama that until the last second.
1: Run. The composure, uh, the composure with the composure with Switzerland to take those those penalties was very impressive, and I, I think that you have to look at the actual the uh, Pletkovich, right? That's the coach. He's, he used to be the coach of Lazio. Um, for them to have the lead at halftime, and they played better through the first half, to have the Ricardo Rodriguez penalty miss, and then two like a couple minutes later, yeah. Benzema puts two on them, and then they mm. get the Pogba screamer, and you're thinking. There's just absolutely this game's cooked. This game's stick a fork in them, they're done. Because yeah, they're there's like no way most teams, if any team, comes back after they've been dealt that sort of wonder strike on them. There's just absolutely no way. All of a sudden, you get two quick goals in the span of ten minutes from the 80th minute onward, and you're thinking, man, what does this say more about Switzerland? Does or does it say more about the fact that France as a mentality are very fragile? Because you, you can't, you're up three one, you can't concede two goals in ten minutes. If you want to be the favorite of this tournament that many people thought they were. And then you go through, then you go through extra time. Then you still can't get a goal. And then you go to penalties and Switzerland ice cold from the spot. (sighs) That says a lot about Switzerland. That's very impressive. And I think to your previous point, Martino about, you know, them versus Spain, you got to at least respect them enough to think that based on how Spain have played, how, you know, hit or miss they've been in front of goal. You have to at least give Switzerland a fighter's chance to win this as you know, not maybe the favorite, but a team that would it surprise you if they won, probably not. Spain weren't great in the group, Sweden weren't great in the, great in the group. That group wasn't that strong, obviously. Yeah, Poland didn't that play was well. The worst, that enough. was the worst group. Okay. So, you look at Switzerland, like I took, I took more from this game about Switzerland than I did for France. I know France, you know, they have the players, yes. You know, it's what about surprising the that, selection, at that
2: 11? That was like a weird. They went like three at the back, and then they kind of had Rabio on like the left. as like kind of like a wing backish type midfielder.
1: Yeah, like well, yeah. Hey, listen, they, they could have used a certain Teo Hernandez, right? In that case, right? But that's <laughs> beside the point, right? So, uh, or even his brother. Honestly, I think with this, with this, with some of these matchups, they kind of throw caution to the wind here, and you kind of just throw everything out out, out on the table and say anything could happen here, because some of these powers don't look mighty powerful. Belgium, we talked about, don't look that strong. They no. haven't looked, they've been very up and down. If it's if it's not Lukaku doing what he does or De Bruyne up pulling the strings and being this, this mid, they're, they're a team that, they look to those star players and most big teams do, but you look at the collective and I yeah. think that England getting that victory was huge. Italy yeah. being getting by Austria is huge, but I don't know. I think Switzerland are a team that no one wants to play right now.
0: Mm. Right. Uh, last but not least, Sweden, Ukraine,
1: um, over. Kinda, kinda, <laughs> yeah,
2: right? Let's go, baby. Um, kind of <laughs> surprised. I mean, I thought this was like a perfect matchup for Sweden, a team that's very offensive in Ukraine, um, can easily be exposed at the back and on counters. And they just, I mean, Emil Forsberg was great this tournament, um, but my god, I mean, just they didn't take advantage of their chances. You thought like when you see them get that result against Spain, when they only had 15% possession, like I think Taylor Twelman was talking about it on the ESPN broadcast, he's like, "You saw them more comfortable in that match against Spain without the ball than they were in that match against the Ukraine." Like that's the the best way to honestly put it. Like they they looked terrified anytime the Ukraine had the ball and came at them. I mean, just. They're just a relentless attack. And again, this is the kind of, I think, a little bit of a lack of respect in some, some um, places on, I guess, social media, just in punditry in general. Like Ukraine finished ahead of Portugal in the qualifiers for this. It's not like they were a joke. This is a very good and talented team. Um, and they're going to be able to score goals. And Zinchenko, talk about the versatility, pet. I mean, my God. Like this, yeah. this guy is really playing left back. Wherever for, he wants. <laughs> yeah, for Man City. And then he goes to play for his national team and he's more central in the midfield and he's just taking over games and that, I mean, the marking on his goal was horrific. I mean, him being that open was ridiculous, but the finish was just so great being on top of the ball like that and just striking it hard and true. Um, I mean, they're, they're fun to watch. Honestly, they're just, a. I I really enjoy them. And um, I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know how you genuinely feel about going up against them, but England's had the best defense in the tournament, which is kind of crazy to say.
0: Well, I said last but not least, I was an idiot, obviously. England-Germany. How <laughs> did you see that one, Martina?
2: Um, listen, when a team does not take advantage of their opportunities, like Germany, multiple times, like story rolls on with Timo Werner, right? I mean, Muller missing that was just, I think that was genuinely shocking. I think the worst miss of the yeah. tournament. Um, that was awful. I I thought that was like you know so you tell I I ask you this so when Kai Havertz passed that through and Muller was on goal
0: I'm thinking goal. did you
2: and everyone in the pub that you yep. were at with a broken seat say that's that moment and this is the moment where England fuck it up once again and here well we I mean
0: go. people celebrated the miss like a goal I like, would too genuinely like a goal and also did it feel like
2: you exercised some demons with that miss
0: yeah. Yeah, as you said as Matt said, you need some luck. I was actually in a in a pub with full of Italians as well, the Italy, Austria. And um when the uh when the Austria goal went in, it was like <laughs> I was like, oh yes, it's gonna as a neutral, it's gonna be like a a good climax to this game, right? And there loads of them just looked uh, turned around and looked at me. I was like, oh shit, don't want to do this here. But no, England <laughs> England Germany was um I think two teams. Both played very conservatively and both had two chances each. One scored mm-hmm. their two chances. One didn't. That's the kind of how I look at this game. Like
2: Substitutions were bang on.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, were, would I have liked Grealish to come on earlier and get more than seven touches? Probably. I I should have
2: started. Did you the, guys get the WhatsApp message that I sent to you about him or not? Um.
0: Yeah. Most. Uh, most chance created. Most assists from 100 minutes. I mean, he's got more assists than any player has ever got for England in a, in in the Euros, apart from Beckham, which is pretty crazy to think about, right? Who's it? got better hair? Uh, probably Beckham. <laughs> I think, a one, uh, I think a
1: one big key key talking point or takeaway from this is is Harry Kane's sort of um, can breathe a little bit. Like he got that goal, and that was the fun. That was the nail in the coffin. It's that was in the that very for Sterling's too. Well, well, of course, but Sterling's been he's mm-hmm. been there's been a lot of criticism about you know Sterling and you know, should it be Grealish? Should it be Sancho? Yada yada yada. He's got two goals, and he scored some pretty big ones so far. He scored the winner in their opening match. The group, And he's got the, the, the winner here. So I think with Harry Kane, it's been a big focus, right? Because it's been a, a tournament of the striker, you know, Lewandowski had three goals, you had Lukaku doing what he's doing, Ronaldo has five goals, and everyone's looking to Harry Kane to be like, we need you badly to get a goal or mm-hmm. two here, just to, because the collective talent is there but you need your number nine to be able to, 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 to pull some goals at it from, from somewhere. He gets that goal, he slides, and you could see like a little bit of relief like when he made that slide celebration. Okay, I got my goal. I feel like I got some pressure off me. Now we can move on. I think that you're going to see England have a second wind here. That's just my opinion. I don't know if it's coming home. I'm not going to say it's coming home, Pep, but mm-hmm. I think that England have really got that off their back, and obviously their path to the final, path to victory, is pretty favorable for them, so... I think if Harry Kane can find a way to um, find some good, solid form now and be that guy up front that we know he is for, for Tottenham, I think England are very, very dangerous.
0: Yeah, I think with Harry Kane, though, it's not really about the goals, isn't it? Uh, I think I, I, I said on Twitter or in maybe the last uh, couple of weeks to you guys on WhatsApp, like watching Lewandowski for Poland where he's just chasing everything down, trying to hold every single yeah. ball up. It's the, the the attitude and the kind of drive and the, the passion to kind of like really be the leader in your team. And I think we haven't seen that from Kane yet. Again, when chances are few and far between in the latter stages of the tournament, England probably have the best finisher left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully when the ball does fall to him, and if it does, he does put it in the back of the net. So let's see what, what happens. Um, I think before we get on too long we should talk about um uh we should talk about the quarterfinals because they're gonna be exciting. They start this weekend. Um and we want to preview each I want to ask you guys like, you know, who's gonna go through some predictions. Switzerland, Spain, Martino.
2: I'll just go be a contrarian with Switzerland. I think this one's gonna be tight in general. Obviously Spain can easily win this. Um I don't know. I mean, listen, they both went to extra time. I think depth is going to play a huge part in this. Switzerland
0: have done the most traveling of any team, haven't they?
2: Have they? Well, they were in Rome, and then they went to... Where did they play? They played
0: Wales in... uh... Azerbaijan? Is that where it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, yeah, all over there. Spain was in Sevilla for their three matches, and then uh, this one. Um... Yeah, I think it comes down to depth and who can bring on what. I think actually Morata comes on the score sheet again for this. I think he finally gets a little bit more confidence. Um, but I don't know. I really loved that rebound from Switzerland in that match, like Matt mentioned. Like 3-1 yeah. comeback against France and then still to win on penalties after missing a penalty in regular time. Yeah.
0: I think I'm going to go for uh, Switzerland as well. What about you, Matt? Well,
1: oh, you guys are both going to Switzerland. I think I'm actually going to go Spain. Um, and the reason why I think i 'm going to go Spain is for for a couple of reasons, I just think there always is some somewhat of a turning point in certain tournaments right where you feel like a team finally has put it together. I know croatia 's defense has been leaky, and that 's probably putting it lightly and I do think that Switzerland are going to be a team that is tougher to break down we, you know we we have seen what they 've been able to do right you know, they can defend when they need to defend they can take risks going forward and get goals as they did against France, so they can they can do a couple different things if they need to. I just think there's Spain, the collective group. I think they're going to rally around like Maratas of the world. I think they'll give him enough chances. I think he'll get a goal, um, as Martino alluded to. I think it's going to be very tight, though. I do think Spain advances, but I think it's a a tightly contested victory over over Switzerland.
0: Okay. Uh, Belgium, Italy. I'm going to go for Italy in this one. I think the... uh depleted Belgian ranks are, are going to be very, very tired after that very, very difficult game against Portugal where they looked shattered. I mean, even Lukaku looked absolutely shattered. He's had a lot of criticism in the past of being a, a flat track bully. Um, he's kind of gone against some of those claims very well in his time in Italy so far. But um, I I know Chiellini is pretty good at handling him as well, usually. Mm. So I, I just don't see anything past Italy here. I mean I look at Belgium's defence. Um Vermallen, Aldevired, Vertongen, and then Falcon Hazard at left wing back and Thomas Menier against, you know, Insigne, and Immobile and probably uh Chiesa right starting this time. So I think it's gonna to be too much for for Belgium. I'm gonna go for Italy. Two nil.
2: I was I was uh taking Italy regardless if the Bruyne and Hazard were gonna be in this one. Um they got like, first of all, you're right in that matchup. Was, that was my point that I was going to make Helini and Bonucci handle him better than most. Um, throughout the rest of this tournament, um, honestly, that's left. I think that's probably his worst matchup possible. He's not going to get any creativity. You saw him struggle against Denmark without, that, without those guys. I mean, he did pretty well in certain spots, but again, that the midfield is going to be dominated by Italy. Without a doubt, if Kevin De Bruyne is not able to go, if he's not playing in this match, if he's not even 100%, and he has to come on in the second half, like the match could already be done by that point. I don't see how their defense is able to handle a high line either. Thibaut Courtois can only do so much when you have a ton of shots being surrendered against you. I I genuinely just have a hard time seeing this. If Italy just miss their chances, and, and Belgium gets lucky with one of theirs then that's the only way I see this going for Belgium. Other than that, I think Italy is is, is clearly the favorite in this one. I don't really see it going any other way. Uh, I'll be honest with you with that. I just – I don't like their chances with these injuries.
1: I think with Italy too, there's, you know, the fact that they had that that, that third game against Wales to uh, recharge the batteries. You know, they had eight substitutes – not eight substitutes, but eight changes to their starting 11. They got the victory – Um, And then, of course, you know, the the match against Switzerland, not Switzerland, excuse me, uh, Austria was a little bit different, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more, took a little bit more to get that victory there. But I think, you know, when you get Chiellini back, you know, when it's chiellini that's that's been as consistent a pairing as possible for, for Italy over the years. When you throw all the factors in play here, there's not just much concern I have from an Italy's perspective that they won't come up to play and, and, and play to that level of Belgium. I'm concerned with the absences of De Bruyne and Hazard, obviously. I'm not saying that Lukaku can't pull off a world-class performance and, and carry them with a goal or two. He is capable of it. I just think that Italy's going to get a, a victory here. and I think it's going to be not maybe not a blowout. I don't think it's going to be 2-0. I think they get 1-0, a 1-0 victory. And I think Italy handled the game. They handle the opponent. They, they are able to um, maybe neutralize Lukaku a little bit, Thorgan Hazard, not having so much of an impact in this match. And I do think they get a professional 1-0 victory and they keep it moving to the semifinals.
0: Right, well, before we move on to the other side of the bracket, which is going to be exciting as well, I need to remind you guys that we are part of the 90-Minute Football Network, so do go check those guys out on social media. They've been posting some of our content, and uh, I'm sure we'll be appearing on a lot of their future content as well about, well, what else other than football, because that's all we know about. Uh, And we need to remind you also that this podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Sora, the global uh, soccer Blockchain fancy game. Um NFTs are hot right now. They are still hot right now. Um, I just bought myself a Ryan Cherky. Uh it cost me a lot of money. But uh with Memphis to going, I'm thinking <laughs> that boy going to get some minutes next season and tear it up in Liga. So uh yeah, we'll leave the link down below. Check it out. If you guys buy uh five cards from the auction, you get one free. Mine was a Memphis to which is worth loads of money. So it can be anything. So definitely uh, go and have a look at that. Um, moving on. Uh, I mean, Czech Republic, Denmark, I've got Denmark in this one, guys. I can't really see through them. I think this is where Czech Republic's run ends.
2: I agree. I I had Denmark in my last article as the best long shot favorite to win the tournament. So Again, I I just think their path is favorable. I think this is one of them. And again, um, I think they're just an overall better team. Um, At some point, Czech Republic's luck's got to run out. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't think they're going to be getting gifted a a red
1: card by a top defender in this one. Um, So, yeah, I have Denmark. Yeah, I got Denmark too. Um, Nothing much more really to add, I think. Denmark are playing with so much pride right now. There's so much momentum behind them that I think there's just, it's. I just don't see a scenario where they don't get the victory here. Czech Republic have obviously had the individual performances. I think Zuber has been great for them. Patrick Schick's been great for them. That goes without saying. But I think, you know, they've, again, a little bit of luck here and there for some of these teams. And you find themselves in a quarterfinals, and that's exactly where they are now. But I think their journey stops now, and uh, I think it's Denmark to do it.
0: And last, but by no means least, England against Ukraine. Uh, I'm going to go England 2-0 here. Another
2: clean sheet for England.
0: Another one, yeah. I
2: think two Another won I think We're keeping a clean con-
0: sheet until we either win it or lose.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine losing in the final at Wembley for the first time, conceding a goal? One Italy?
0: We'd have, to, we'd have to stop the podcast. <laughs> i
2: mean see,
1: so.
2: i won't i don't i don't hate england like that i find it i find it entertaining honestly i think it's stupid to make fun of a little girl crying um, yeah it's well I, I think it's low a class. bit much but what can you expect from the idiots on the internet you know um especially england fans i think i'm not too sure harry kane propels into you know like a, a great run of scoring But I'll say this. I think Gareth Southgate has more confidence in putting in the right players like Jack Grealish in this where he doesn't fuck around with the 11 and has something stagnating for a good 60 minutes or whatever it is. Um, I think he gets it right from the start. Even though he didn't even... It wasn't even that poor of a selection. It's just, you know, like, if you can win a match earlier than you can, then you do it. Yeah. It's kind of my thinking.
0: Yeah, it's not all about managing the other team, right? At some point, you just got to... Trust that you have the better players implement the system, and you win the game, right? That's what Italy have been doing, right? Right, like putting players in positions to succeed. I mean,
1: yeah. I, don't, I don't think Italy have been doing anything otherworldly. I don't think their performances have been revolutionizing the game. No, good, no. good midfield taking their chances up front, defending when they need to, getting key saves from Donnarumma, and you find yourselves in a quarterfinal position. That's kind of pretty much what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I see England winning this one. Um, so do I. I think, yep. again, uh, having not having to travel much, the depth of the squad, uh, Ukraine playing 120 minutes.
2: And this one's going to be in Rome, correct?
0: I think so, yeah. Mm. Is it? Yes, and then, so, the yeah. is Wembley, uh, and then the semifinal is at Wembley. for And then the final,
2: potentially. Wow. Yeah. Real, they made it difficult for the lads, you know? <laughs> for 11 countries hosting the tournament, they made it difficult on those English boys. Um <laughs>
0: That's stadiums, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think oh, no, we'll wrap I'm... up. Uh, Matt, where can people <laughs> out know, more about you before Martino gets too angry? On Twitter, at
1: Matt underscore Santangelo. Of course, follow me, Martino, on com as well. We, uh, <laughs> that's the Twitter handle, of course. You guys can follow us on Twitch. We do shows every Tuesday. And- Speaking oh, about yeah. angry, yes. <laughs> Right. When he said
0: lads, I just died, man. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Martina, where can people find out about yeah,
2: you? Yeah, speaking about angry yesterday, if you want to go check out me and our poor slaves, podcast, we, had, uh, we had a scoundrel in the comments saying that Sandro Tonali is an incapable passer. So we sat up, propped up a five-minute YouTube video, and we watched along um, and broke down <laughs> every single pass and technical ability of his. And then said person said, those are the highlights. You can't do that. And I said, go fuck yourself. And then we moved on (laughs) Um, because it was the dumbest argument I've ever seen in my life. Um, But yeah, go follow it on there at Martino Puccio. um, Quarterfinal preview for these matches coming out for the Athletic. Um, And yeah, the Milan reports. We're having Isar Kinsella on tomorrow, um, on Thursday. So there's uh, rumors of uh, uh, a triple deal of uh, a trio of players heading to Milan. Could potentially be Bakayoko, Zieck, and... um, Giroux so we'll see what happens with that I'm not too confident in it but we'll have him out there for that um so yeah
0: awesome you can find me at pet Barisha, P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A, and you can find us at state of play pod on all your favorite social medias uh, thank you very much everyone for listening and uh here's to it coming home